Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Across the Arts with Patrick D. McCoy. I am truly excited about this installment of the Maestro series as we welcome a very special guest. Stanley J. Thurston is one of Washington's beloved musical figures. Whether he is standing in front of the Heritage Synergy Corral or on the stage at the Kennedy Center, his demand for excellence shines through. Thurston joins the Maestro Series and discusses his role as founding conductor of the Heritage Synergy Corral and its upcoming concert. This concert will feature Poulenc's Gloria and Darren Atwater's Proclamations. We will also delve into his extensive career as a conductor and upcoming projects. Please join me as I welcome Stanley J. Thurston. Good evening, Stanley. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Oh, well, thank you so much. And you know, this is a full circle moment for me to do this interview in this format because I remember when I first started my column called the um, Kennedy Center Examiner, I interviewed you in print. I don't know if it's still available online, but that was years ago. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) And you've been doing so many wonderful things, Lloyd, since then. Congratulations, Patrick. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Well, I just want to go ahead and jump right in. Talk to you about the Heritage Center Corral. And I, I have uh, an affinity for the Heritage Center Corral because when I first moved to Washington, I remember my friend Mrs. Hope brought me to a concert that you all did at the Strathmore Mansion. And that's how I got yes. introduced to the choir. And then I ended up singing under your direction. But talk to you about what inspired you to, to uh, found this group in particular. Well, you know, I I really kind of came from the idea of what I did in college. I was part of the choir at Morgan State University with Dr. Carter, Nathan Carter, and so inspired by the singing that occurred in those college years, I wanted to have a choir as an adult that would be singing a lot of the music that that he introduced me to, particularly, you know, the music of classical African-American composers. I was very impressed with that repertoire, and I just, I wanted to hear it more often, and and we say, well, why don't we just start a group to see if that is something that would be of interest to Washington audiences. And we and did it. This is our 19th season. Sorry. I'm sorry, go I'm ahead. Saying, this is our 19th season. And this is our 19th oh, season Oh, 19th season. So Congratulations. 19th season. Thank you. That's amazing. Um, I I was about to say, I'm sorry, we, we kind of got had a little crossroads there. Um, I was um, about to say it's amazing the fact that the Heritage Center Corral is an African-American choir, but that doesn't limit the, the different repertoire, the composers that you all do. You do classical, uh, you know, spirituals. I mean, the the whole gamut. So that's definitely amazing. Yeah. Um, that brings I, me, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, see, I got. I was very interested in that sort of spectrum of different styles, you know, coming through school and through college, and wanted to just have it to be a part of the experience for all of our singers here. So it's been a wide spectrum, and our choir has been interested to want to try try new things. Now, talk about uh, new things. Talk to me about your upcoming concert featuring the Poulenc Gloria and um, Darren Atwood's proclamations, which I'm, I'm fascinated to hear about. Yeah, that, that's another full circle moment because Darren, this is actually a piece that Darren was commissioned to write for the Washington National Cathedral, and I was I was the person that conducted it the very first time it was performed. This is over 20 years ago now. 
It was wow. a national symphony orchestra, and um, the chorus that was the, the the chorus for the summer chorus for the cathedral. And this piece, I remember this piece, and I said one day I would love to come back and do this again. And we're circling back again. I got in touch with Darren and asked him if we could do this one more time, and he said he would be honored. And so he'll he'll be in attendance at the event. But it's full circle. Yeah, this was um, before he had started the Soulful Symphony, but he was just starting to do compositions of this of this type, and this was a premiere over 20 years ago. That is definitely full circle. Um, how would you describe maybe the style and the structure of, of Atwater's piece? Well, you know, Darren has a wonderful musical language. It, it reminds me of... Um, his symphonic writing. So it's it's really written for, for brass and timpani. It's it's very um it's a very strong piece. So it starts with the instrumental fanfare and then the second movement is Psalm ninety five, the ninety fifth Psalm with the choir and the brass. Very strong piece. And the last section is actually a Amen chorus, which reminds me a lot of the Randall Thompson Alleluia. It's that kind of except mm. that it has all of these new, you know, new harmonies. It, he he has a lot of jazz harmonies in the way that he he writes his music. So it's got that style of the Randall Thompson Hallelujah, but with all of the chords that you would hear in modern jazz. Really amazing, I thought. Wow, it sounds like it's the perfect um, pairing with the Poulenc Gloria because I know the Poulenc has a lot of brass and it's just an interesting mm-hmm. setting of the Gloria as opposed to like Vivaldi. <laughs> Or other composers. Right. Can you talk about a little bit about the Poulenc and maybe the, the the rhythmic nature of the of his work? Exactly. It's just a beautiful piece. I mean, the harmonic language of Poulenc is also one that's just very unique. And I came across this piece some years ago. I think when I heard Coral Arts doing it with Janice Chandler, I was sitting in the audience, and one of those pieces I thought, "Wow, it'd be great to do that one day." And um, Today is the day. I mean, this is the day. I mean, it's it's got that kind of. It's not the. It's not a stuffy kind of a Gloria. It's not really that kind of um, very classical sound. But it has all the French harmonies. He uses a little bit of um, wittiness or kind of humor, I think, in the way that he presents it, so that it's not very, you know, very stiff feeling. But beautifully, beautifully sung. And of course, the solo, the soprano solo, is a big part of all of it. And Anjali Ferret. Is going to be our soloist who has a beautiful angelic soprano voice. So yeah, forward to that as well. Yeah, I think my and also we should say I should say Julie. Sorry, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and our organist actually is going to be Julie Evans, wonderful concert organist in Washington D.C. She's going to be the organist in the proclamation. Oh, I love Julie. She's a wonderful organist indeed. Uh, I was I was just about to say, when I was at school at Virginia State, we sang the Poulain Gloria, and my favorite movie was the La Dormouste, La Dormouste. Right. I love that piece. <laughs> Everybody, the heritage too, in rehearsal, they love that, that movement the best. <laughs> it's so joyful. Yeah, it is. So I want to talk to you. You do a lot with choirs and so forth, but you've also done a lot to to nurture um, a lot of this new wave of of singers who are singing. I remember a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, you you accompanied this wonderful program 
I think it was called Three Bases. I think it had uh, Solomon Howard, Kevin mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Thompson, and who was the third mm-hmm. person? Ke- uh, Kenneth Kellogg. Kenneth Kellogg. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the importance of, of mentoring and, and shaping a, a new wave of singers, particularly African-American singers? Yeah, again, it, it really stems from those college days when I was in school. I, I played for so many of them in their juries and recitals and actually always was in the voice studio accompanying so many singers and just became so aware of how much talent was out there. I just said, well, we've got to find a way to, to let the rest of the world hear this talent because it's really amazing. And I thought, well, why not create some opportunities? That's the best way. And I just had a, always had a, a great affinity of working with singers and wanted to just showcase what was possible. So any kind, anytime I can do something that would bring in some, some new singers or singers that have been, you know, working to build a career uh, to give them another platform to, to showcase their art, it's just a special joy to me and one of my passions to see that continue on and on and on and on. Mm, thank you. Um, one thing I'm really proud of Heritage is that the Heritage Corral is the fact that the Corral is, it has gone beyond Washington. And could you talk a little bit about some of the noble performances? Uh, and I'm really interested in the in the performance at uh, Carnegie Hall that you all recently had. How did that come about? Well, you know, it actually came about um, from an association I had with with this organization at Carnegie even before. Heritage was was established, and wow. there I was in the cycle of things. Actually, it was Albert McNeil. I don't know if you know that name, Albert McNeil. Yes, the Jubilee the Singers. McNeil Jubilee Singers out of California. Back um, back in the days when I was working at the Kennedy Center, he he brought his group to the Kennedy Center, and I met him, and we talked about. I mean, I talked about this dream I had to start to acquire that heritage, like heritage. And he was invited to do the Nunez Garcia's Requiem at Carnegie Hall and invited me to bring singers with with me to join with the choir that was going to be on stage at Carnegie Hall. And that began the relationship with the producers at Carnegie Hall. And when they were coming back to their 35th anniversary, I think, of presenting concerts at Carnegie Hall, they cycled back to me and said, would you like to you know, be involved with this concert that's coming up in 20?" 20- 18. And I said, sure, yeah. And we worked through the details and we were able to bring the entire Heritage Signature Chorale to do uh, the Lord Nelson Mass at Carnegie Hall. And actually, the Lord Nelson Mass was one of the pieces that Heritage did in our early years, like our third season. So it was a piece that we had performed in the past, um, but to be offered to do it. And it was part of the same master performance series that this concert was coming up on the 11th. Um, so you never knew. At that point, we just I just thought it was a great piece to learn. And then when we got the offer for Carnegie, I asked if we could do that particular piece, and they said yes. And it was really a wonderful, wonderful experience. But it actually came from that original invitation from Albert McNeil. That is amazing. You've had these great moments. That is just outstanding. I want to kind of backpedal a little bit, and I want to kind of delve more into um, your your interest in music. What sparked your initial interest that you wanted to be 
musician or, in particular, a conductor? Well, I mean, probably when I was five or six years old, I started playing the piano, and I think that's where it began for me, you know, just sitting at the piano, eventually taking lessons, and um, so many people that just, you know, like became mentors to me, heard me play or heard what was going on and just sort of took my hand and said, come on over here, I need you to do this or learn with this teacher over here or so right away, I, that whole issue of kind of mentoring or giving back was something that made such an impact on me, and I think that's why I like to continue to do it as much as I can now. But I was just very, I was just naturally interested in music, and I had a lot of support and a lot of opportunity as a young person to do all these sort of interesting things in music, and I think conducting just sort of came naturally because. People just sort of hand things for me. I need you to do this, do this. They would just sort of give me these assignments. And somehow I just wanted to figure out some way to do it. Okay, I figure if you're going to ask me to do it, you must have seen something in me that that said I I had that capability. So I would just try as hard as I could to do a good job of whatever I was asked to do. And then that would inevitably, you know, yield another opportunity that would come from that one. Um, so growing up playing the piano, playing in church with my my dad was a pastor and I played in church all the time, and then got into high school and college and teachers to sort of kind of help me to get into the field. But I had a natural interest for it, so I didn't mind doing the work. And they, the more I would do, I think they would just give me more to do. To do. Mm. That is amazing. Now, yeah. I wanna, this is my question because this is, a, this is something that I'm, I'm asking myself and now I'm asking you. <laughs> How do you find balance between all the entities that you're involved with musically, with the Heritage Center Corral, mm-hmm. Washington Performing Arts, uh, so on and so on? How do you stay grounded and keeping everything just balanced? Yeah, I mean, you have to do you know, some self-care where you really do take some time for yourself and time with your family and friends uh, to to kind of come down from all of the, the work. But also, I think for me, it's just really been great teams of people that work with me. I mean, again, early on, I just realized I can't do it by myself. And <laughs> the teams of people that work with administration or even his assisting with the rehearsals, it you know it takes a it takes a village as you you know you've heard that a lot of times but yeah, yeah, yeah to really not to try to do it by yourself but to really pull some your best team together with you and that's that's really the only way I could could do the things that have happened. So you can talk about earlier about how you were how you were encouraged and mentored and, and things of that nature and this is just my observation to me sometimes I don't see that that going on as much as it should be. Um, how how do we keep that, that, that uh, posture going where we pull somebody else along as far as these, these musical posts? Like if someone leaves a post and, they, and you need somebody um, that's capable of doing it, how do we keep that mentorship going? Yeah, you really have to be, you know, very conscious about it and be, always reach out. And you have to kind of reach out beyond the normal circle of people that you're around. You have to kind of see what's going on with some of the younger students. You, you, know, you have to really get into the, 
the faces of, of other people to see who's out there coming along. So you really have to discipline yourself to stretch beyond your your normal circle of influence and sort of put yourself in an environment where you can meet other people and other younger performers in particular, because those those are the ones that, that need the mentoring. Uh, but it does have to be a conscious effort. It happens kind of naturally once you actually are in the environment, you just have to remind yourself to get out there and, and do it and then program that into what what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So um, as we kind of wind down, um, talk to me about some – I know you have the big concert coming up on Sunday, and I plan to be there at 4 o'clock at St. Paul's Lutheran Church um, yeah. at the Poulet Glory and Proclamations. Um, but I wanted to know, um, what's, what's uh, ahead in the season beyond this particular concert? Well, we are doing – we'll be at the cathedral doing a Christmas concert on the 21st of December, and then mm-hmm. we also are going to revisit – um, a series we started last year, we did a concert called Women's Works, and these were oh, a yes. concerts by all female African-American composers. So um, Evelyn Currington was on the program. Um, Rosephany Powell was on the program. Um, Issei Barnwell, Deidre Robinson, and also we, we did excerpts of the piece um, Scenes from the Life of a Martyr by Undine Smith-Moore amazing uh, female composer who actually had this work premiered at Carnegie Hall back in the 70s. Uh, And one of the composers I learned about at Morgan State. So we're going to do a reprise of that. We're going to call it Women's Works 2. So it'll be a a second cycle of uh, music by by women composers. That's coming up March, uh, March 19th for Heritage. And then we also are going to do a concert earlier this year at the end of the year, so it'll be in May uh, for our annual concert because we've we've been invited to do some touring overseas, so we'll be leaving to go there in June. Um, So we're going to do our Mm -hmm. final concert in in May this year. So it's really a very exciting year coming up, lots of great opportunities, and we invite folks to join us, you know, in the audience or also come on and sing with us if you're interested in this kind of singing, you know, look us up on the website and get involved. So speaking of which, if someone wants to come and audition, what does the audition entail? Well, to entail singing, we want to have make sure you have a love <laughs> for singing. That's the major thing. And then we just you need to check and see where musically where the where the reading of music is um we are going to be actually establishing a, a vocal academy this season as well, which will give tools for and resources for people that want to learn to read music a little bit sharper or maybe a little bit quicker. And then um, that's part of the, uh, the initial audition, but we do accept people at all different levels. The main thing is to really have a love for singing and a dedication to want to just continue to try to get better and better. That is so amazing. This is probably my last question, and this is this. Um, what would be your final, um, not final, but what would be your um, main thought to um, an aspiring conductor, perhaps a, a young college student who's pursuing this craft, and they might get frustrated or just disillusioned about it? What would you say to that person? 
Yeah. I would say to really to try to reach out and find someone that can help to mentor you. That's because we all need to be nurtured along the way. So if you find a teacher or sometimes, of course, now with social media and all the different ways to connect, you can just sometimes send a note to someone that you have observed as doing something that you like to do and let them know that you would like to talk with them or like to hear a little bit more about their how they got started. So take the initiative to reach out, first of all. Find someone that would do them that would mentor you. And then you really have to kind of search, you know, what are you really passionate about? Because if you're passionate about it, you don't really you don't get but so frustrated because it's something that you just feel like you're driven that you have to do. And so reach out to really find out what is the thing in music or the arts that makes you the most passionate and try to have that to be most of what you do. I mean, we all have to work and do other things, but try to really fill up the time as much as you can with the things that you're really most passionate about. Stanley, thank you so much. This has certainly been a pleasure, this interview, and I want to thank all the listeners to listening to this conversation on the Maestro series of Stanley J. Thurston. I want to um, revisit the fact that the concert is on this Sunday at 4 o'clock at St. Paul's Lutheran Church. The Heritage Chorale under Stanley's direction will be performing the Pool and Gloria and Darren Atwater's Proclamation. Again, this has been Patrick D. McCoy with Across the Arts and this has been our installment of the Maestro Series. Stanley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Patrick. It's my pleasure to be with you. Okay. You've been listening to the Maestro Series, which featured an interview with Stanley J. Thurston, conductor of the Heritage Chorale, and it's been a wonderful pleasure to have that in-depth conversation with him. Again, this is Patrick D. McCoy with Across the Arts, and this has been your installment of the Maestro Series, and we look forward to you joining us again soon.